0: Good evening, afternoon, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining uh, Portal to the Paranormal podcast. I'm your host, Nando. I hope everyone is doing well. Just a quick sorry. We went live about five minutes ago, and for some reason, the whole um, stream crashed. So I've just done a new one. I hope everyone can see me and hear me okay. Uh, We've got two great guests on. Um, We've had these ladies on in the past as their own um, Identity and the Paranormal, but we're bringing them on today as a joint partnership. Um, uh, Dr. Chris Sumner from Soul Sisters Paranormal and Ghostbiker Exploration's Miranda Young. Um, so in, tw- I think I've got the year right, if I'm wrong, they're going to tell me, but, um, in 2021, they did a joint partnership where they now run the historic Scott County Jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. Uh, location and um, what I will do while I'm talking is show you guys some pictures so that's the outside of the actual jail uh jail was built in 1904 uh one of the oldest buildings in Scott County in 1922 um a third floor was added um for maximum security inmates um the doors closed in 2008 um and in 2021 as i mentioned um uh, miranda and chris um took over and run the location so tonight we're going to be talking about uh the location's history as always we're going to bring some paranormal stuff into it as well um and talk about the kind of evidence that they've captured i've got a great video um that i watched today um from the Uh, Joe, and just find out a bit more about the history there. So what I'll do is bring Chris and Miranda on. Evening, ladies. Well, Nando. Hey. again, thank you very much for joining tonight. Um, I've been looking forward to this one, because we're going to be getting into the history of the Scott County Jail. Um, Just before we start, uh, Daniel's in the room. Hey, Dan and hey, Abby. Um, again, guys, sorry about the little mishap that we just had. Um, but if you want um, to ask any questions to Miranda or Chris, please do um, ask, and we'll try and get your questions answered. And um, so, yeah, as I was just saying, we're just touching base on the history, um, just a little bit of the history of um, the historic Scott County Jail. Um, you guys took it over in 2021. Um, You know, firstly, how did that come about for you? Was it something you were looking at doing before, or was it an opportunity that was handed to you to to do this venture?
1: Well, Miranda and I met through the paranormal. Obviously, we're both paranormal investigators. I'm with Soul Sisters and uh, Miranda's with Ghostbiker. And we became fast friends about six, seven years ago now. And um, we had always talked about joining forces to form a partnership to open a business, what we call a museum and what we wanted to do was a paranormal research location. And through a series of events, mainly driven by COVID, um, Miranda needed to move back up here. This is her hometown where she's from and her, you know her family can trace its lineage back to the Revolutionary War. And um, so she knew that this jail was vacant and it had been vacant since really since 2008. And it's owned by the town of Huntsville. And so we put together a business plan. We worked for about a month on a business plan, um, really trying to decide what we wanted to do, what we wanted to call our business and all of that. And so we approached the mayor of the town of Huntsville. We told him what we would like to do with the building if he'd allow us to do it. Um, So we had a great meeting with him, uh, Mayor Jeffers, and then we met with the alderman of the town who's the lead council for the town and it was a unanimous vote to allow us to uh, install what we call uh, a historic museum but as well as a
2: paranormal research location Yeah, and so, I mean, we went so far as to really develop our plan very deeply before we went in to meet with everyone. Everything from going ahead and having the logo design, having items in the gift shop design, we really wanted to show that we were serious when it came to Mm -hmm. our plan of what we wanted to do, and really show that there was an opportunity to uh, not only open the, the location for the locals and really have a very cool history museum, but also show that people from around the country would travel here to uh, investigate for the paranormal, but also for the, the unique and interesting history as well. Mm-hmm. And after we showed it to them, they, um, they were really excited about it. And so then at that point it became, okay, now we got to make this happen. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and, and, as we said so you you officially opened the doors in 2021 correct um, yes you know and you you can see through the facebook page it's um it's gone from need to bounds. it's been great to see the growth and what what you guys have done with it but with, with the history so we know it was built in 1904 mm-hmm. um with the history of it what kind of prisoners at the time would they have housed because i know it was it could have housed around 50 inmates mm-hmm. was that specific inmate um like inmates or you know was it pretty much anyone was just thrown in there.
1: Well, you know we're a small county jail, um, so to your point, we held about fifty inmates um, up until the nineteen seventies. The jailer and his family actually lived on site, so we would be sitting in what would have been their living room, essentially um, up until wow. the nineteen seventies. After that, the jailer would moved off site, and then these offices here beside us really became um, cells and admin administration offices. Um, so the inmates really ran the the gamut from you know drunken, disorderly to domestic violence. Um, Um, And then our our maximum security cell would have held uh, rapists and murderers and more violent offenders, not for a long period of time, but basically holding them while they were awaiting their day in court or if they were waiting to be transferred to another larger maximum security prison, such as Brushy Mountain or Morgan State Correctional Facility.
2: Yeah, and so a lot of our earliest inmates from around 1904 up until about the 60s were primarily moonshiners. Um, That was a huge industry here in the South, especially here in this area. And so um, we did house both men and women. And so um, really primarily early on, now we did have, you know, the murderers and the um, hardened criminals, but a lot of them earlier on up until about the 60s. Was was primarily moonshiners,
0: and you, you're saying about the, you know, the um, in 1922 um, they added the third floor where they housed the maximum security inmates. So mm-hmm. as you were saying, the murderers, the rapists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about spirits pass on, you know they tend to sometimes we say they'll go back to the location where they're. You know, where they want to be. Going to that third floor, do you feel a different vibe to the outdoors you have there, Knowing that, you know, the history there, is there sort of a different vibe when you walk into it? There
1: really is. Um, You know, you can feel some different energies up there. Um, Now, as Miranda said, we had both men and women. So we had a women's cell on our second floor and then a women's cell on the third floor. So even between the the men and the women's cell, you get kind of a different feel. And the the responses are different depending if you're a male team or a female team or a co-ed team. Uh, So some of the responses that we're getting on the third floor, paranormally speaking, are much different than what we get on the second floor.
2: Yeah. And that second floor. And of course, the, the activity, the activity really seems to change um, depending on the time of year. The the team that's in, uh, you know, when people ask us, what's your most haunted area or the creepiest area? Um, by far, personally, myself, I feel like the second floor is definitely creepier, uh, even though that is our trustee level uh, at you know, prior to 1922, that would have been maximum security. So they would have held uh, some of those more hardened criminals on that second floor earlier on. But um, yeah, as Chris said, it the vibe does kind of change. But um, to me, that second floor, just because it's kind of darker, it's more dorm-style type cells. Um, you see sometimes more shadow figures, and it's 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 just a different kind mm-hmm. of activity.
0: No, that's brilliant. And you know, with with the location, I know because I watch a lot of your stuff, and you know, and I know that you two, uh, we were saying in the background about doing things on your own and staying in haunted location. That's a bit out of my comfort zone. But <laughs> I know, I know, sometimes with with different schedules that you both have, you're sometimes in the jailhouse on your own, like literally three floors, just you on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, brave ladies, you know, um, <laughs> but you know do you find like what's it 2021 what coming on three years now four years mm-hmm. three three years mm-hmm. have you found that like personalities with these spirits like do they interact with you differently because you're two different people do you pick yeah. up like one spirit will pick up um will interact with you more chris than do you find a difference there
1: Actually, vice versa. I think they interact more with Miranda. Um, and I think that's because, like I said before, Miranda can trace her lines back to the Revolutionary War in this county. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if some of the spirits that are here are somehow re- weirdly related to her. Um, so I think because she's local, she has that Tennessee accent, uh, you know, she, she can kind of speak the language of Tennessee, if you will. Um, I think they interact with her a little bit more. They're more comfortable with her. But that's not the that i i mean i i've definitely had experiences here there's um there uh, a few months ago i was upstairs uh opening up and i was turning on the lights and opening the cells and such and i had a cup of coffee with me because i always have my coffee with me and um so i walked upstairs and uh it was was a sunday morning i'll never forget it and uh, i just said good morning anybody want a cup of coffee and this this man's voice right beside me says i do like, okay, that just happened, so I'm going to leave this cup here for you for the day, and I'm going to go downstairs. Um the well, shadow figure. Yeah, and I've seen shadow yeah. figures up on the third floor as well. So we get different responses, Um, but I, like I said, I think Miranda has a different rapport with them just because she's local.
2: And that does make a difference, you know, kind of jokingly talking about, you know, speak in Tennessee. I mean, even just Scott County in and of itself has its own language and accent and own, you know, vernacular really here just in this area. And it, it is something that we do always uh, put out there to the community is the fact that You know, most people in this county can trace somebody in their family that has served here at the jail. And by served, they either served as one of the officials or one of the jailers or the guards, or they served time. And then in a few instances... Both. Both. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely have since I've been doing this, I've always been big on genealogy and tracing my roots. And uh, I have actually found that I am related to uh, some of the people who were victims of some of the crimes and then some of the people who were the criminals and then also some of them who did serve in law enforcement here. We are a very small rural community, and that tends to be the case with a lot of folks. But um, to answer your question, yeah, we, we seem to get a lot of different activity between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And really, it's kind of rare that we're actually both in here at the same time. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the interesting things that we started picking up on is, you know, we allow obviously paranormal teams to come in and investigate. And um, most of the time I work the days, Miranda works the nights. It's just, I'm a morning morning person. She's a night person. And so it just kind of works out that way.
2: But there are times when... Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I heard it too. I don't know if y'all heard that. There was like a big, sound
0: like a cell door. Well, I've got to say a few times when you're talking in behind you, Miranda, I don't know it's like a corridor. Is that right? Yes, Like there's something like twice now, like a shadow figure moving in the background there. I don't know if it's me or if it's like a lighting. So I've not said anything, but I'm watching, I'm listening, but I'm watching <laughs> yeah. in the back and I'm like.
2: Always yeah. watch those, yeah. because there's always, always the stuff that happens. And yeah. that was loud. Yeah. We'll
0: have to go back and listen <laughs> I will, to that. I will get a clip. I will get a clip of that afterwards and then I'll send it on to you guys um, if I can capture. it, but I'm pretty sure, you know, um, I think um, –
2: Yes, but as you were saying, sorry about that. Sorry, but Maria
0: Maria is saying as well, already seen that Nando, so Mm -hmm. she's seen it as well, so... There we go. Anyway,
1: sorry, Chris. I didn't <laughs> no worries. No, Hey, listen, if they're, listen, something behind me, you just shot it out. Go for it. Um, but what's interesting is, like I said, we had paranormal teams here and, and Miranda works today or night. Primarily I work the day, And so what we've started to do is we, we really communicate with our spirits. Like in the morning, I'll come in. Good morning. How's everybody doing? You know, it's going to be me here today. When Miranda comes in, she talks to them about the teams that are coming in during the night to do the investigation. So she'll go up and have a conversation and say, hey, you know, this is such and such team coming in tonight. It's going to be this many guys and this many. And so there are certain times when I work the nights when Miranda's not here. And a couple of those times, I'll do the same thing. I'll walk up and, and just say, hey, you know, this is the team that's coming up. But the team seemed to have different experiences when I do that. So finally, I got to the point where I said, if I'm working an investigation, I'm going to call Miranda and put her on speaker. And I take the phone up and Miranda talks to him through the speaker phone, um, just because now that Miranda has that rapport and connection um, with the spirits before an investigation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take usually sometimes as long as uh, 30 minutes sometimes Mm -hmm. just to go in and I'll sit down and it's funny because on all three floors, I know I could probably come into the building and just talk because obviously the same rules that apply in the other world does not apply here, but I will actually go to each floor and say primarily the same thing or something tailored specifically to those particular inmates that we know uh, and jailers that we know are in those areas and just have a good conversation with them. Because really for us, it is about that um, relationship, that Mm -hmm. connection that you make Mm -hmm. with the history as well as the spirits that are in a location. And we've even found, you know, best practice techniques, you know, because being in here, as long as we're in here each day, both day and night you really get to conduct true paranormal research Mm -hmm. because a one and done type place is great. And you can get trends and stuff if you go back and visit, but hearing what these teams get, seeing what we experience, we can really say, Hey, you know, it's best if you have a smaller team Mm -hmm. or Hey, it's best if when you're in this location, try doing this, obviously do your own techniques because that's going to bring different things out, but um, go in there and try these certain things Mm -hmm. that we know has worked and then let us know. Mm -hmm. And so we've actually been able to uh, kind of trend some things and do some of our own research just from these teams that have come in and based on the personalities and stuff of the spirits that we've, we've had contact with in the past. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And You know, you're talking about the community is not a massive community. When you brought the idea up, um, you know, the mayor went for it, which was great. But what was the, you know, the the community like about, you know, doing the paranormal investigation part? Because I know some people, you know, even here now, you know, we we live in history in the Mm -hmm. UK, um, but there's still people that feel... Going doing the paranormal is something that we should be leaving alone. And I know, like in America, there's a lot more smaller towns, smaller communities that bind Mm -hmm. together. What was their response when? they found out this is what you're gonna be doing at the Scott County Jail?
1: Well, we knew that there was probably gonna be some trepidation from some of the members of the, the community at large. So really, and we talked about that. And the the reason we started our business the way we did was to become very history facing and history driven. So the we didn't put out there initially that we were doing after dark things, right? Uh, the very first thing that we did was we built, you know, Miranda built the website, And if you look at it, you see the history first, right? We put out there that we needed items for the museum, that we needed donations, or that if anybody wanted to put things on loan. So we really got out there first that we were putting out a history museum. And then we start peppering in the after dark events, ghost tours, um, flashlight tours, lantern walks, um, and stuff like that, and then gradually built up to the paranormal. So by the time people realized really what we were doing, we were, we, we have the backing for the museum side, and then it just became a natural extension to that. So it, I mean, it was very well calculated because, you know, being a part of the paranormal community, we, we know what's out there, right? We, we know, and we have the, pretty much our ear to the ground to a lot of that stuff. Um and so the history first, and then we built on that.
2: And and we were not deceptive in any way whenever no. we did our presentation, we were up front and said, the face, because again, we are one of those small towns that you mentioned, uh, we are in the middle of the Bible belt here, very mm-hmm. religious community, very um, you know, long memories, deep scars when it comes to talking about some of the history and stuff. And so um when we approached the town and the mayor, we said the face of the building is going to be the history, the face of the business, but the economic driver and the engine is going to be the paranormal mm-hmm. because that is going to be. And so when you walk into the jail, there's no in your face. Now we have flyers right there in the front entryway that talks about our after dark, but you don't know until you're trying to getting ready to go up the stairs that there's any indication of, of uh, hauntings here at the jail, because at that point we have uh, where our team sign and um, then we have a sign that says, did you know the historic Scott County jail is haunted? Mm -hmm. And so we have, we've had more people at that point that either come back and they say, Hey, did you know your building's haunted? Or they'll say, Hey, do you do anything Haunting with the building, and so we just try to do that. One is respect, and then two, um, it's it just really works as mm-hmm. far as putting it out there to really get a diverse audience right. here.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, since you've been doing it, have you know? I know you guys do a lot within the community as well, not just the paranormal, not just the museum, but when um, we're we'll going into that in a moment. But do you feel that you've grown a bond with your community there now, and since you've grown the business? like people feel that and you've got good friendships with them now then
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so we have a, a very robust gift shop. So we are, we're always wearing our branded merchandise and stuff out in the community. And so people will stop us and, and ask about the jail. They'll ask about Sally, the jail cat. You know, she's our little mascot. So, we'll um, you, know, uh, you know, it's funny. I uh, I was at Walmart, uh, you know, several months ago and I, w- I was wearing a, you know, all it said was histo- our historic Scott County Jail sweatshirt. Right. And I don't know this person at all, but they stopped me and said, hey, how's your cat? And it took me a minute. I'm like, oh, Selly. Oh, Selly's great. You know, didn't ask about how we were doing, but everybody <laughs> has to know how Selly's doing. Um, and then that, uh, so yeah, we, I, I think we've, we've formed some really good, um, a, a good reputation here. Uh, one for the fact that, you know, we are providing revenue for the community and that's what we told the mayor. It's like, you know, it, it's not just going to be us that's going to benefit financially from this right the building is going to be preserved the money that we make is going to go back into the restoration Um, you know the town is going to get revenue as well because we pay the rent to the town Um, and then other industries are going to profit like hotels and restaurants and other businesses because we're bringing that paranormal tourism in so that was a very big driving factor as well to say listen it's not just going to be us but we're helping the entire community and that's what was really receptive to them.
2: Yeah. And, and with the mayor's vision on this, you know, I mean, they got a tourism grant back in 2017, a $75,000 tourism grant that came in and painted the walls, fixed uh, the heating and cooling. So uh, and then also the, the windows in here. And it was really kind of one of those. It was so important to preserve the building, but he didn't know how he wanted to um, or exactly what they wanted to do. And so once we came in and presented our plan for this, showing that all these other industries and stuff would be able to benefit from this, um, he said it was a no brainer. He said, Mm -hmm. I know exactly that that's what I want to do. And so we're just very fortunate that uh, he took a chance on us, you know, and shared the vision
0: that uh that we have yeah it's, it's been great and you're talking about the museum you've collected quite a fair bit of um you know stuff for the museum. do you both have a particular favorite item that you've got in the museum that you can tell us about
1: um you know they're all unique so we have some different things um one of the cool things i i one of the cooler things to me is um we have a very robust uh selection of what we call shanks and shivs and these are tools that inmates would would make out of things that they found in their cells or, um, you know, like broom handles or um, razors that they would they would whittle down and make into a point or plastic. Um, they plastic spoons. Right. They would whittle down the end to make it a sharp point. Um, so one of the things that we have is these plaster bowls, and they're about the size a little bit bigger than a golf ball. And the inmates would peel the paint off of their cells and they would rub tissue paper and, and um, toothpaste together and just keep making this ball and keep rubbing this ball um, until it became harder than a golf ball. And they would put it in a sock and swing it around and use it as a weapon. Um, So that to me is one of the most, one of the more unique items that we have here.
2: I've, I've got several, um, but I would probably have to say our our jailhouse toilet hooch is probably one of my favorites yeah. because uh, we did have a uh, a former inmate which Found out is I am kin to, but have a, a former inmate that was in here. That um, when he was in here, he was known for making uh, hooch, which hooch is jailhouse alcohol. And so essentially, they would save their uh, fruit cocktail, their white bread, they would take a container, they would strain it through a sheet, and then they would store it. And after about two weeks, they had a pretty high percentage of alcohol. And so, um, I reached out to him and asked if he would make us some. And so he made us some out of uh, some white bread and some peaches, brought it in. And so, of course, we have to burp it about every two weeks because keep it from exploding. But he comes in and, uh, you know, he's a very big supporter of us. And um, it's it's a great conversation piece because... That, is, that was something of, of common jail life here at the jail. Mm-hmm. And so being able to share those stories, we're all the time trying to think outside the box and come up with new exhibits. Mm-hmm. And um, just to kind of tag on to that, my other favorite is probably our drunk tanks. Um, even though those we've sort of turned those into an exhibit and it's a working exhibit because um, they were originally painted drunk tank pink and uh they are our former uh well i mean they are our current restrooms and so people can come in and actually use a jailhouse toilet and learn about um the uh uh jailhouse life at that point i guess mine are kind of toilet based (laughs) (laughs) i guess favorites i guess
0: (laughs) and you know i'm i know that you both you know been doing a lot of history into the jail Mm -hmm. you know what what was it like back when you know, when it was the jail, like, what were the prisoners, what were the, like, the, the, the officers or sheriffs that, what were they like towards the inmates? Was it one of those jails where, you know, the inmates were mistreated because of their crime? Or, you know, do you know the history of how the prisons were run back at that time?
1: Well, again, Nanda, you got to remember that we're in a very small community, a very rural community here. So, um, you know, we have stories of brothers arresting brothers um, because you know because one was a deputy and one was a drunk, right? Um, You know, so really everybody knew each other. So, if if you you were arrested on Saturday night, you may be at church with these people on Sunday, right, in the pews next to the guy that just arrested you. Um, So, I mean, we do have some stories of inmate on inmate violence where you know, people would get upset at one another and they'd, they'd kind of go off. Uh, we do have examples of, uh, of jailer on inmate violence, um, not very prolific, uh, but we also have stories here of even our sheriffs being shot right outside our front wow. door here. I mean, right, right behind my laptop, uh, a sheriff was killed in 1925 and that's still an unsolved murder. So there's a lot of history surrounding the building, um, from a whole, from a, a variety of historical standpoints, but overall, uh, I think this was a place where inmates were treated probably a little bit better than you would at some of the other locations simply because everybody knew you, everybody knew everybody.
2: And it really just depended, I mean, when you look at how long from 1904 up until 2008 when things closed, it really changed with Mm -hmm. who was in charge. And so you have some stories of some sheriffs that ruled with an iron fist and uh, you just you didn't want to mess with them. And Mm -hmm. then you had others. You know, one of the things I always tell on our tours, you know, one year it could be like Mayberry and the next year it could be Mayhem. And it really just depended because we have stories at times where they were able to actually leave the inmates' cell doors open on the third floor. And that would depend on who was in there and who was in charge. And then other times it was just like, you better be in your cell and not be out because you could, you know, something could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really just kind of depended on uh, what era and who was in charge Mm -hmm. as to whether that was the case.
0: Absolutely. And, you know with with that said you're talking about the different people in charge have you picked up the spirits of these people within the jail like are they still there or is it more inmates that you pick up a vibe from what what would you say um
1: we think that the the spirit of sheriff ellis is very prevalent here he was the sheriff that was killed outside the front door in 1925 we do think he's still here um and talking about some of our sheriff's seemed to get different responses uh, you know we had one sheriff here who in 1986 um, was arrested on federal drug charges because um, he was using his station as the sheriff to run drugs through the county um, so we found that if you mention his name then different responses te- seem to happen um, you know we've had deputies killed in the line of duty um, if you mention some of their names you say you seem to get different responses um, so just talking about them seems to get some different things. Um, as well as we have several inmates that, uh, uh the spirits of several inmates that we've communicated with that we're, we're pretty confident we're inmates here.
2: Yeah. It just kind of ranges the gamut mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. Cause you know, it's one of those things you never know who you're going to get when you do that. I mean, we have been able to go and find, we get some incredible footsteps, mm-hmm. especially on the third floor in, and the, um, the east side of the jailer's walk tends to get a lot more or the center part and then also the stairs. And we've been able to, um, because it'll happen when we're given tours sometimes, other times it happens during investigations, but we've been able to kind of pinpoint that. We believe that's a residual jailer Mm -hmm. that uh, when they would go up, I don't know if it's one particular jailer or if it is multiple jailers but it's around the time that they would do head count or around the time that they would check on the people in the cells so we've been able to kind of go through and and um i mean it doesn't happen every time but um you know sit down and see if uh, we can figure that out so uh you know it's we've been able to get some trends and stuff from that
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely Um Now, there is a video that I want to play from the jailhouse <laughs> um, security cameras. So I'm just going about to play a clip. Um, if you guys concentrate on the door on the left hand side towards yep. the back of the room. Um, but towards the end, there's a funny moment because even the cats had some experiences at this jail. Yeah. Um, so Let but me- I'm just going to... Let me me set it up.
1: Yeah, let me set it up real quick for you, Nando, just so people can understand. Okay. So the door behind us right here, this is the door to our gift shop. Um, Now this used to be a cell. um, And so the door is steel. It's about a 250 pound door. It is designed to swing shut. It is not designed to open because it was a cell door. It's designed to swing shut. So we have it propped open right now. Um, And so it it is our gift shop and Sally, our jail cat, loves to go in and lay on our sweatshirt and our merchandise. So at night when we're not here, we shut that door so she can't get in. So the the clip that we're about to see is from our security camera in the gift
2: shop. And it happens
1: at about five in the morning. Obviously, nobody is here.
2: Yeah. And if so you I'm think gonna... about it, too, we always show the teams, there's no seam there with the door, mm-hmm. the door where it is a cell door. it It's inlaid and it's shut within there. Mm-hmm. And so it would be hard for or really nearly impossible for Sally, who is a 15 pound cat to pick that door open because there's no place for her to grab a hold of it to open the door.
0: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the clip. And then we'll have a quick chat after about it as well. There we go. can see she wasn't happy as soon as that door
1: closed on her. yeah Yeah, Um, that's her that's her i'm pissed off what just happened meow um but another interesting thing about that is when because the door actually opens three times just uh, Mm. the first time it's just a little bit and when it shuts because it's steel on steel you can hear the the reverb right the third time which it opens the furthest when it shuts you expect it to have a higher reverb because it opened the widest but it doesn't it 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 hits and it stops like something is holding it from the reverb which is to us is is pretty fascinating
2: yeah yeah and i mean it it, it's crazy because with that like like Chris had said, you know, we've got the door propped open right now. Um, and Sally, throughout the day, Sally will go in and out there uh, on the tours. And of course, when we have the investigators. She lays in there when we're in there. And so she has no aversion to being in there. But from this video, you can clearly hear that she is extremely upset. And that went on up until we opened the door that morning when we came in. And uh, and then for about the remainder of the day, she was really upset would not come in just meowing like crazy. She was letting us know she was really unhappy about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Maria's just said, um, did you see the manifestation in front of the those two uh, mannequins before the door opened? So I have not. Maybe maybe we'll have a look at that afterwards and see if there is something there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, um, you know, that is a big door. Like I was saying mm-hmm. to you before we started that you can hear how heavy So that takes a lot of energy for a spirit to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do, do you think that could have been one of the sheriffs walking through then knowing, you know, just doing its rounds then? Like... Uh,
1: well, kind of the, the theory that I have come up with is Sally is in here all the time. Right. And, and she's in here day and night. And I think the spirits really enjoy her being here. And she sometimes wants to go into the gift shop when the door is shut, right? Um, I, personally, I think it was something opening the door to let her in to say, "Here, Sully, go ahead and go in, because that's where you want to go." Because um, it, it's never happened before or since. But uh, you know, that's it, it, you know, Sully wasn't harmed in any way. Uh, we we put her on a live the next day to show everybody Sully's <laughs> perfectly fine. Um, but I, for me, that's the theory that it was tr- something trying to help Sully get into the room.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I agree with Chris. I definitely don't think it was anything malicious. Mm -hmm. She's never had anything harmful to her. She interacts with stuff all the time, especially going up on Mm -hmm. the uh, third floor. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. she'll act like she's playing with stuff. Same here. You know, she'll, the corridor back there, you'll see her watch things move. Um, You know, so I Personally, I just think that uh, uh, very possibly could have just been letting her in to, you know, because she was wanting in there. Um, not really sure the reason why they opened the door, but I definitely don't think it was anything malicious or, or harmful.
0: Oh, no, I wouldn't say it was anything sinister because the yeah. third time when it opened widely, when you see the cat wolf well, it, it was like the door was held open long enough <laughs> for her to yeah. walk through. In a safe way so they didn't catch her tail. Do you know when you yeah. let your dog in, mm-hmm. you always look to make sure you let your pet in and you're looking to make sure they're in mm-hmm. before you close the door. Yeah. And that's what it looked like on the third time. It was like they allowed enough time for the cat to come through before the door shut again. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. I found, you know, that was the fascinating part for me. Like seeing it open a little bit, I was like, "Oh, this is this is good. But then the third one, but it was like the door was actually held open like yeah. like you would when someone's walking past you. And I thought uh-huh. that that was an amazing bit of evidence. And you know, five o'clock in the morning. Well, I think it was just after ten past five in the morning. That, yes. That that was that was cool. Um, and it just shows. Do you do you have the cameras running all the time in the jail? We
1: we actually have three that run all the time. The one in the gift shop. Um, there's one over here by our drunk tank, and then one in the uh the the first room that we have here, which is our you know, where we take tickets and stuff. So our financial transactions are done in that room. Um, you know, there's a couple of reasons why we don't have cameras throughout running all the time the first is the set all of these walls are three feet by four feet by five feet thick solid concrete so we would have to have a wi-fi unit on every floor because the one down here it, it it doesn't reach really past where we're sitting um and it's sitting over there on the wall so um we would have to have three different wi-fi systems to do that and then two you know, for us, we feel that when paranormal investigators come in and they rent the facility, it's truly theirs solely. Um, and so, for us to have video cameras running while a paranormal investigation team in here, we d- we just haven't felt like that would be something that we want to do right now. Um, so, to answer your question very long-windedly, we just have three running down here on this first floor.
2: Yeah, and I mean, as long as the uh, investigators are respectful and and don't give us a reason, you know, to uh, need to. Um, watch what they're doing. You know, we we like to give them their privacy and their space to to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that at some point in time, we may not have some up and running as things happen to see what, what we capture on our own, but we completely leave that to the investigators, mm-hmm. you know, for for that.
0: Maybe in the future, maybe do like a live feed where the cameras just run while the everyone's not there and people can just tune in and just put their comments seeing what's going on. Cause like, like I said, that bit of evidence with the door opening, you know, open a, door, a big door like that mm-hmm, and yeah. how heavy it is. Mm-hmm. A piece of evidence. And I think people would love to just sit there and watch and, look, <laughs> and an investigator from home, like trying to catch stuff, you know? Absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, with, um, with the, the, the jail, it's not just about the paranormal. You, It's a lot about the history, but also, you do a lot for the community as well. Um, you know, do you want to tell us a little bit about the stuff that I know you've done, like the biking? Like, mm-hmm. You know, so do you want to tell us a bit about what you do the community as well and how you get them involved?
2: Yeah, so, you know, we're always looking for cool and unique things to do to uh, bring the community in and make it accessible. Um, we're actually getting ready uh, to have our third annual Blessing of the Bikes event, um, which, uh, you know, we, get, uh, we do partner with the Christian Motorcyclists Association from the neighboring community because we don't have a local one of those, but they do come in and bring bikers from all over. It gives them the opportunity to uh, come here to the jail. And it's kind of a throwback to kind of the, the importance of the jailhouse ministry that they did have here. Um, also, uh, we do host motorcycle rides. We're hoping to do more of those this year where we partner with um, other local businesses, uh, like, restaurants as well as other jails uh, that are like ours within other counties and so uh, we call it our bars to bars ride where uh, we have people come in they get a tour of the jail and then they get a nice little motorcycle ride i know chris is worked on several others with your escape room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have an escape room upstairs. So I designed and built that, um, it's
1: upstairs on our maximum security level. So you get 60 minutes to try to escape from our maximum security level. So that's always a lot of fun bringing in kind of a different clientele. Um, you know, we partner with other historical societies in uh, neighboring communities. Um, we're members of several chambers of commerce in different communities as well. Um, and we do a lot of different outreaches with other, um, historical, uh, historical sites. Um, And then we do uh, different presentations and talks as well. So uh, there's a lot that we participate in, one, to try to bring recognition to the jail and to Huntsville, um, and then really to bring more recognition to historic preservation through these after dark programs.
2: Yeah. And school groups. You know, we get a lot of school groups that that come in. Um, we're hoping to, some of them are summer camp school groups, some of them are, are uh, just the local communities. We're looking to reach out to uh, the homeschool community and different people that, you know, we're not necessarily talking about the haunted aspect of things, but talking about the criminal justice uh, aspect and, uh, you know, just true crime. True crime is something that's really big right now. So really talking about just the culture and stuff that that goes on within inside of a jail. So, um we do a lot of that and have a lot of interest from from our school groups
0: and and it's great because everyone even you know i think it's important to educate the the young ones so they you know the history is beautiful they the, well you know in certain, certain ways and it's just great that you two are keeping that alive for everyone now and you know sharing that um, you know which is great what, what's your you know have you got any other ideas for the gel or where you want to see the gel heading like have you got another goal for for the job that you want to hit
1: well, we actually um because the the town is so happy with what we've been doing um there's another building um about 100 feet from here it was an old bank building that was built in 1909 it was actually in use up until covid uh, so it's been sitting vacant for about two years and the town um, just officially voted to allow us to have that building as well so we're going to be wow. shifting a little bit from here we'll be moving our gift shop and our ticketing and such into that bank building and kind of open more space more museum space and exhibit space and investigation space here inside the jail um, and then what we w- what we really want to do is is we're taking our outreach to other properties, other locations. Um, last year, we partnered with the Historic Village of Rugby, which is a utopian village that was formed in 1880. Um, it's about 20 minutes from here. And uh, they allowed us to, uh, because of our approach, they've allowed us to run all of their After Dark programming there, um, which is something that they haven't had before. So we're taking our approach of of uh, historic preservation um, and After Dark programming, we're taking that to that location. So we have other plans for this year as well to kind of move um, into different different elements of historic preservation.
2: Yeah. And the, and the really cool thing about uh, the bank building that, that Christy mentioned is it, it's a sister building to this one. I mean, it's made out of the exact same sandstone and uh, it's got the original uh, teller bars and, and all of that inside there. Plus at one point in time, it was also used as a, uh, as a clinic and not just a bank. So it's going to give us the opportunity to be able to go in and not just share the history that pertains with the jail here, but really expand our tours and talk more about Scott County in general, specifically Huntsville. And so um, just kind of talk about it from another perspective. And as she said, opening up, you know, new rooms and new opportunities for investigators. Um, it's, it's really exciting. I think that, that shifting all of this over is something um, that is just going to offer op- a op- excuse me, open up a lot of opportunities for us. That's you know going to take a minute to kind of get that finessed and set up just right. But um, we're really excited to be bringing that uh, to our portfolio of, of locations. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I think the passion that you have for what you're doing is always going to be successful because you've got the passion, you've got the ideas and the way you approach it is absolutely brilliant. So no doubt it's going to be exciting. As successful as what you're doing now it's going to just get bigger you know and thank you, you you're, you're helping the community you know which is great you know but with, with the community, when you know you, you know when you speak to people and they ask you what you do and you say you're a paranormal <laughs> investigator and you know and things like that you know being in a small community like that have people approached you and wanting to know more and then sort of eased into coming in and doing the after dark tours and what what are they come up with like have they witnessed anything that have opened their eyes to the paranormal field at all
1: yeah so really kind of how the progression of our guests uh, evolves we have people that'll come in to day tours um right they'll take a day tour just kind of walk around for the museum aspect of it they ask if it's haunted. We say yes. Um, then they kind of move on to wanting to do one of our flashlight tours. So we come through here with a flashlight. We tell them the history as well as the ghost stories. Um, and then that really progresses to a more guided ghost hunt, right? Um, and so that that's really, we've seen that a lot here at the jail where guests will go through that progression. And because of that, we've experienced different things. They've experienced things that they didn't think were possible. Um, one of the best examples that we have of a shadow uh, figure picture was actually taken by one of our guests who really had no interest in the paranormal uh, aside from coming and doing a ghost hunt as a girl's trip. Um, and uh, so she just happened to snap three pictures in our drunk tank. And in the third one, she captured this great example of a shadow figure, um, one that we cannot debunk and the shadow figure that we see here quite often. And so she was able to capture it on her on her camera phone. And so um, we, I, think we, I think the feedback through those type of initiatives that we're doing has been extremely positive. And it's really getting the word out that, one, um, we're here, that we're doing something different. Um, and then holistically, it's bringing different um, uh, a different clientele into the community that wouldn't otherwise be
2: here. And getting a whole other clientele interested in the history of well, it. Of course. You know, one of the biggest things that, and I, I consider it one of the biggest compliments, is when people come in, especially our investigators, because we love our investigators, because those are the ones that are really helping us keep the doors open, but um, they'll come in And they'll say, you know, I came for the the paranormal, but I just got lost in the history. And I learned so much and could have spent so much more time just learning about this history and immersing myself into it. And I consider that a huge compliment because we're not just coming in and saying, hey, here's this cool building. Here's this creepy atmosphere. Go in, have fun. Let us know what happens. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we're very protective of our history. Mm -hmm. We're very um, interested in learning and we're learning something every day. We're always excited when somebody comes in and, and shares new stories with us. Yeah. But to be able to share that and share that on a you know international level, you know, have people like you and the folks over in the chat room there talking about Sheriff Ellis and talking about Jerome Boyett and sharing those stories that would never people might not ever know because we are such a small community here. That's really keeping that history alive Mm -hmm. and helping everything to grow with what we're doing. So, yeah, we love it.
1: Yeah. And I'll expand on that just a little bit. Uh, You know, aside from the fact of paranormal investigators coming in and saying that they enjoy the history, I think we've also had a fair number of people from the community come in and take our flashlight tours or our lantern tours throughout the entire town of Huntsville, and I've had on several occasions where people say, you know, I was born here, but I did not know all of this stuff. Um, I did not know that this I did Sorry. not know that this happened in the courthouse or <laughs> I did not know that, you know, um, uh, Jesse James was here for a while and that sort of stuff. You know, P- and I think that's the truest compliment that we can get is, you know, we we were so um as Miranda says, particular about how we wanted to approach the history and get that narrative out there. Um, I think that people really appreciate that. And I think that's why, um, you know, um, people have been really giving us positive feedback on what we've been doing. Yeah.
0: And I think also, um, because I've had the pleasure of speaking to you guys quite a few times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've watched um, over the years. I think we first got talking during the COVID period. Yeah. Well, that's the first time. And you know we've seen you know things develop and i think it's just the way you you present yourself to everything that you do is all with respect and it's just been a pleasure to watch the the growth of it all uh, we've had fun watching you guys doing what you do thank you um, thank it's, it's been great um you know there's a few questions i want to um just touch on mm-hmm. in the audience that they yeah, um, but one thing i did want to ask before um you know, being there a lot of the times, spirits must be familiar with you guys now. Are they ever familiar to the point that you've had an experience where they've come home with you at all? Or they leave the jail <laughs> and do you feel like someone's come home with you?
1: For me personally, no. Um, and I, I, you know, we, we kind of make it clear um, that this is where they belong. This is where they're comfortable. Um, and so for for me personally, no, never anything has come home with me.
2: No, me neither. I mean, it, it's it's always really interesting when you have a team here and um, I, I go up to lock up after the team. And I'm sure Chris can agree when she's doing like some of the night tours and stuff too. the energy changes, the vibe so changes. Much. And there's times because uh, I'm here at four o'clock in the morning, you know, by myself locking up and uh, I go in and it's like, what were they doing? You know, this this place just feels so different, um, yeah. and and sometimes it feels creepy. Mm-hmm. Now, um of course, you know I've I've never had anything follow me home or anything like that. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was concerned about that because you know when you do an investigation, you know the paranormal hangover and stuff. But then it's like when you're in it every single day, it's like how is that gonna be? You know when yeah. that becomes yeah. your life.
0: That that's the thing. You you're, you're yeah. there. This is. Like like you were saying, it's great to be able to go to these different locations, and you might get a one, one opportunity. And it's like Sarah. After every investigation we do, you'll see Sarah walking by. Going, you're not allowed to come home with me. You got to stay here, you know, yeah. and everything. But where you're there, twenty four seven, you know, mm-hmm. it's and it's during the day and at night. You know, it's yeah. just like, do they grow that attachment to you? Like you, you're part of their family now, like whatever's there still. I mean, know, I'm sure it's, it's yeah. possible.
2: You know, Yeah, but... uh, and
1: and, and uh, but but not to the point of coming home with us. But when we come in, I mean, it it is definitely like you're coming into an environment that's welcoming you. Um, And and I think we've, because when we first got the keys uh, to the building, we were, we had them for about two months before we opened. And we were in here every day cleaning. And and during that time, we were talking to our spirits, telling them who we were, um, what we were going to do, you know, how we're going to bring recognition to the jail and really help preserve the jail. And I think because of that, we, We've almost become like a team. Right. So Miranda and myself and our spirits, um, we're 100 percent protective of them. And I think they're very protective of us as well. Uh, You know, I think uh, I think they see that with some teams that come in um, that that may try to take a little bit of a different approach. Our spirits will let them know. Listen. You're not going to disrespect anything that's here, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, for me, it's almost like a comfort to know this is we've we've got a team here, which is kind of neat.
2: And one of the things that I always talk to our spirits about when I come in is we have our ground rules here at the jail. This is their space. We're just the stewards of their space, and we're just opening it up for people to come in. We're not intruding on that, Um, but we have our ground rules that they are not, you know, they can't go into our space just like they, you know, so, um, but I also tell them that it's like the teams themselves, when they come in, are going to set their own rules and set their intentions. There's three major things, I won't get into that, but three major things that um I do tell our spirits that, you cannot do regardless of what the intentions that the teams set. But really we leave that up to the teams. And um, like Chris said, it's like when you come in here, I think it's just, it's the type of environment they're, they're being heard. They're getting the opportunity to share their stories Mm -hmm. and to interact with people and to have people leave talking about these experiences. And I think, honestly, I think they, Seem to enjoy that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, and, and not so much ground rules also for the spirits, but we really set ground rules rules for the teams yeah. too. Uh, I mean, we, yeah. we are very stringent um about what they can and cannot do here. Uh, you know, the very first thing is we do not have demons here, we do not have entities that are going to be any That's type of lot. evil or malicious that is not here. And we tell them flat out if you mention it on anything that you do we will sue you for libel and slander. We have our lawyers on standby. Um, we do not tolerate it and it will not be, uh, you know, you will not leave this building saying anything other than, you know, we have s- some spirit activity. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, or then, don't, whatever, yeah, whichever, but yeah. Uh, you know, nothing demonic or anything like that. We'll leave these doors. Um, and then, uh, you know, we set other ground rules, no Ouija boards, no uh, oh, seances, for- no crossing yeah. over or anything like that. No sage. This, yeah. Nothing like that. And, And so we're very stringent. Sometimes people won't come because of that, but that's fine with us. I mean, we would rather respect the uh, integrity of our spirits and the integrity of our location um, than lose sleep over losing
2: a team that didn't want to come because they don't want to follow our rules. Yeah, we've even turned down some Mm -hmm. that have offered uh, big money and big exposure from the YouTuber perspective. Um, But they're demon chasers now. Not saying just my personal belief. I'm not saying demons don't exist. I do believe demon, demons exist. I do believe they are rare. They are not here in this location. You know, we are a jail. We did have some um, some evil people. You know, we had some that were arrested that were not, um, that just made a bad decision, you know. So you get all kinds when you're in, in a jail. But as far as a demonic entity hanging out in the closet of our building or whatever, mm-hmm. we don't have it. And we actually make the teams acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And if we find out that someone has done that, as Chris said, we will take action against mm-hmm. it because we had to fight a hard battle and our, in, and put our integrity on the line with the community, that mm-hmm. we were not going to yeah. do anything to disparage. Right. It's, it's not,
0: it's, it's not just that though. It's the, it's the community as a whole. If someone yes. goes in it can affect not just the just yourselves, like financially, but econ- you know the economy around you guys. Where it's mm-hmm. small, yes. If it, unfortunately, you know, um, I've had this conversation many times before. These people want to put demonic entities in everything they do, right? Yes. But it's it's not like that, and it, it has a bigger effect. And I and I can imagine you guys would feel that a lot more because, like you're saying, everyone knows each other. Is not big enough to be able to hide away from something, <laughs> yeah. Like that. Right. You know, it is
1: hard. Yeah, and and you know we 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 take pride in the reputation that we've built, not just for the jail, but for Soul Sisters Paranormal and for Ghost Biker Explorations. We take extreme pride in what we've built, and you know i I'm, I'm I'll just be frank, we're not going to lose that because some YouTuber wants a million subscribers, and they're not going to use our building as a platform to come out and say, oh, we found another location that's demonic when we absolutely know that is not the truth.
2: Yeah, and I mean we could if we wanted to. I mean. I always joke and say demons are in vogue right now. And the thing is, it's like we could sit there and say that we could have some of these big YouTubers come in and we could sit there and say, you know, it's, this is going on and we would probably sell more tickets and probably book out more stuff, but it's not worth it it. because that's, that's lying. There's no, there's no demonic activity here. And as Chris said, for the YouTuber, it's about the clicks and it's about the subs yeah. and they get money and stuff off of that. But in the end, the location and the community are the ones that's left, you know, cleaning, cleaning up, up, the fallout. up the fallout from it because there is fallout from it because mm-hmm. they're setting a reputation as well for the location. And if the location can't fulfill that reputation, you mm-hmm. know, that you. you it it's just a it's just an awful cycle yeah so
0: no I, I i do agree with what you're saying you know money is great don't get me wrong everyone would say it but you know mm-hmm. building a reputation and keeping that reputation honest and you know pure that mm-hmm. i think that's more important than absolutely you know, yeah just saying with all and all the clips and all the hard work that you've done as well to have not being rude but I'm going to be quite someone stupid that wants the views, exactly, and yeah. everything that you've done, and ruin your reputation in that community as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exactly, not it's not worth it, is it? It's not. And it's yeah,
2: and when you're in a place like this too, we're we're constantly having to answer to the question because being in the Bible Belt, we're having to an- answer to the question, what are we talking to? What are we dealing with? And so there's there's already a re-education process that goes into what we do. And the fact that we're not coming in demon chasing, we're not coming in, um, you know, having seances and um, conjuring up spirits and such. So there's already that that we have to look at. And if we start letting people come in and start, you know, saying there's demons here and this and that, it would really be it would be a devastating thing. Yeah. Here in this community. Yep.
0: And it would be a domino effect, not just for exactly. But like you were saying, Soul Sisters. And, and rugby and, 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 rugby. Rugby
1: and goes and rugby biker and yeah so
0: so no that's great so what I'm gonna do is just head over to the audience and ask yeah. some questions that they've had so we've got Nick he's asked the question does the sheriff move behind as a lot of movement back and forth I think he likes the fame as say I'm here so yeah do, do you find that there's a lot of movement when you're doing these sort of things that there's a lot going on behind you well I've seen you, Miranda. Every so often, you're doing this. And <laughs> yeah, Chris looks over, so it's got to be quite frequent then. There,
1: there's always activity here. Um, absolutely, there'll be times we'll be sitting here, and, and you'll hear something run upstairs or on the back stairwell. Um, the the location behind Miranda here are drunk tanks are just behind these bars. And that is the location where, uh, the shadow figure of Richard, what we believe is Richard Ellis was captured. Um, so we do think that he does like to hang out back there, uh, especially there and on this first floor. So it very well could be that
2: he's just kind of back there cause, uh, he knows we're talking about him. Mm-hmm. And they get curious cause I know sometimes we'll do, uh, shows. Uh, I know I've done my ghost biker shows sometimes from the uh, booking room over here to my left. And, um, uh, there will be somebody that will sometimes walk past from the visitation room throughout the door here. And, uh, sometimes I think it's, it's out of curiosity. Other times I think that, uh, they, they know we're talking about them and it's like, Hey, just going to make an appearance, you know?
0: Yeah. they they got to get their five minutes of fame, haven't they? Still, still. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, I'm here still as well. Yep. Um, great. Um, Cheryl, uh, she has asked, do you have any cranky spirits?
1: um we we do uh depending on the team and depending on the night uh so you know you have some that will say get out not in any type of a a malicious manner um but basically it's like get out i don't want to talk tonight um we have one spirit up on the third floor who particularly likes the ladies. Um, if it's an all-female team or if a solo investigator will go in there and it's a female, um, go into that cell on her own, um, he likes to get a little handsy. So, um, we, we, we picked out some, some very interesting ones and he's one of them.
2: And, and we're a jail too. And so being that we're a jail, I mean, you had some people that didn't want to be in here and, uh, that maybe didn't like authority. And so, um, you know, I mean, we don't have it we're not full of casper, you know, <laughs> but uh we're also not uh you know, so we kind of have a variety, but we do have. In typical typical Tennessee fashion, these spirits in here they like to talk mm-hmm. and they like to tell their story. Yeah. So and you know. and
1: different trigger things work. Yeah. You know, um, as Miranda said, we're in the, the the Bible Belt here, so playing Amazing Grace or um, a song that that is, you know has religion connotations behind it um, tends to get different results. Um, like I said, an all female team gets different results than an all male team, and uh, so we've we've actually really been able to pick up on these things, and um, it's kind of a unique just a a unique study. Corrections officers. Yeah, corrections officers. officers. Yeah, Yeah. corrections officers that they when they come in have a very different experience than those that have no background in law enforcement. Um, So that's been unique as well. So we've been able to pick up on some very interesting things. So if we know a a group of corrections officers are coming in, we'll say, you know, try this, um, talk about these things. Um, If we know an all-female team is coming in, go to the third floor, sit in this cell, ask these questions. So, and it, it tends to, to get some some interesting results because of it. We even
2: have some that, uh, maybe some people who, like I said, made some not so great decisions that have spent some time behind bars, you know, and uh, we've had a couple people on teams that have come in and said, hey, you know, I <laughs> I got arrested for a DUI one night, long, long time ago. And I went and I had the best conversation in the drunk tank. And, you know, it's, it's always interesting when people can pull on those personal experiences, whether it be their job or, family member who served time or what have you. Uh, it's always interesting to see because it seems like anyone in the service field or that was a former inmate tends to get much different activity than uh, somebody that's, you know, just.
0: They, ha- they have the that self. connection, don't they? They have yeah. the connection from what they've done to what the spirit's done, them, mm-hmm. which, which is great for them to experience that. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
0: You know, um, also. And you, you were saying about, you know, it's always been a religious county, you know, mm-hmm. very, Well, with the inmates, did they, you know, when they were in prison there, um, would they have some form of a a religious character that would come in to try and help them, you know, to, you Uh know, would they have that there at the jail?
2: Yeah. um, So so the jail did have uh, uh, chaplains at one point in time. They actually are our new sheriff actually just revived that um, this year. Um, But they did have uh, chaplains. They also uh, had a very robust jailhouse ministry at one point in time. They uh, actually used to stand out in the street and preach up to the inmates who were on the second and third floor. Um, And there, there wasn't very good windows at the time, and they would throw bibles up there. That was at one point in time. They also, in the area back behind me, uh, where the where the drunk tanks are, that was one of the areas in um, the early 1900s where they would have uh, their jailhouse ministry, which would have also been the jailer's quarters, living room area, and um, and then just you know, again, a lot of these inmates, you know, we always joke and say if they were. In on a uh, Saturday night, they might be in church on a Sunday. So it was something that was really important to them. You mm-hmm. didn't really mess with their religion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think if they were going to church on the Sunday after a naughty night, they will be <laughs> in church with their head down. You know. Yep. But you're saying that, I don't know if you would know this, but, you know, when you're talking about the third floor, how it was open up to maximum security um, inmates, rapists and, and uh, murderers. Were the community, or were you know, these religious characters as forgiven to them as they would have been to the people on the second floor, because of their crime was a lot worse than these moonshiners and things like that? You know, yes. were they treated different? Do you know.
1: It depends on the crime. I mean, yeah. we, we've actually had seven lynchings from the jail where the, the community members um, were just tired of waiting for the criminal justice system and they busted in the door and ran upstairs, grabbed the inmate that they wanted and either hung them out back or took them out uh, about a half yeah. mile from here and shot and killed them. So um, it really depended on the crime. Any crime against a law enforcement officer, all bets are off, right? So you, you really weren't forgiven. Um, any crimes against a child, all bets are off. You, you really weren't forgiven for that. Um, murder, same thing. So, um, it, it really just depended on the time frame
2: and, uh, the crime. And it kind of depended on too who you murdered
1: Yeah, because
2: true. around here, true. around here, a lot of people's related. And I always, I always <laughs> joke and yes. I'll say that, uh, yes. that, you know, uh, scars run deep and memories run long around here. And so, um, you know, and, and, and the time was different, but it depended on who you who you did a crime against, because if you did a crime against somebody that had a big family or had a big connection, they could round up a posse real quick, mm-hmm. mask up, mm-hmm. come in, overtake the jailer and uh, get their inmate because there would be so many of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and same with defense, you know, we do mention, um, an example of this would be, um, our, our sheriff that did get involved with, um, the, uh, uh, drug cartel. And so, um, it depends on who you talk to. A lot of people say today, because he had, you know, such a big family and he was actually very well respected in the community that if he was still alive, he would, uh, possibly still, um, Get get elected as as sheriff mm-hmm. here wow. now uh in, in today's time, but then also you have some that says, "Hey, he was set up." You know, it really depends, and so we we do have to take very special care sometimes too when we're telling our stories, and we stick straight to the newspapers and uh, stick and to the those border accounts. history, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, Cousinot. yeah, as you're saying because of the bloodline can still be alive it, you've got to be careful and most are that, yeah most, most know? of them are yeah. and that's the thing but but you you look at a lot of these documentaries when they're talking about specific murders and and rapists in a small community you see the community very quickly tied together and they they mm-hmm. don't want them there and you know yeah. and that, that's why i asked the question because you can see it from these documentaries they weren't forgiven not because they they didn't believe in their religion and forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but because of the crime, it was just like, it was something that there's no going back now. You've done it, that's it. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Jill has asked, was there an area just for women in the jail? And do you get different types of activity there?
1: Yes, absolutely. So up on our second floor, uh, one of our cells was designed specifically for women trustee inmates. And on the third floor, one of the cells was designed specifically for maximum security women inmates and um, very different responses in both of those areas. So, for example, um, a friend of ours, he's a paranormal investigator. And um, on our opening day, we had an open house and he came and um, to support us. And he walked up into the uh, the women's cell on the second floor and something grabbed his shoulder and spun him around like it wanted them out, like they wanted a man out of the women's cell. Um, when all male teams go into that cell, they get different responses. They get uh, different activity. They feel differently. Even on our flashlight tours, when they're not even related to the paranormal in any way, um, when we walk in, men seem to say, uh, this room just feels colder or there's something different about this area. Uh, so yeah, great question. Thanks Jill.
2: Yeah. And we also, you know, we always tell people, um, you know, to try these things, but one thing you really have to keep in mind is that each of these rooms had different uses with each administration. And so because it was a women's cell, like on the second floor for a long time, it was also the work release cell. And so, um, if you go in there and try something, you know, we can only give recommendations of best practices from what we've experienced, but um, you know, you may get something totally different depending on the era that you're, you're speaking with.
0: Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Now, just before we finish, um, I know I've taken a lot of good time and it's been great to hear about the history of the jail, the the paranormal side of things, the community, but guys, that's one location. Now, What about if I told you that these lovely ladies, they also run a haunted village that you can actually stay at. Um, Do you want to give them a bit of an insight called rugby, is that right? Yes. Um, It's called,
1: it's called rugby. Um, and we don't actually run the village. We run the after dark programming. So yeah, we've partnered with the, uh, the nonprofit organization that runs the historic village of rugby. Um, and we've, like I said, we partnered with them to do all of their lantern walks, um, their historical walks at night, their guided ghost hunts and their paranormal um, investigations. So rugby was a utopian village that was formed in 1880. It was founded by, uh, author Thomas Hughes, who was from England. Um, and he really wanted to, uh, to come to tennessee to build what he called a place for the second sons of england so those who didn't get to inherit all of the the wealth and the status of the first sons of of, of uh, british um uh hierarchy and uh so it uh, in its heyday in 1860 uh no 1884 85 it had about 500 uh, colonists there. And, um, there were 68 original buildings that were built. 14 of them are still standing and some of them are used as lodging. So you could actually sleep there. And, um, yeah, so we've had a great time since, uh, last summer. Leading tours, leading paranormal investigations,
2: yeah, it's been a great partnership. It was a natural fit. I mean, this village is set up for ghost walks, and uh, ghost walks are something that's always in season. And so, uh, and just the unique story and history and the hauntings that that Rugby has, you know, we were really excited that uh, they said yes and that allow us to put that those stories out there as well as give the opportunity for people to uh, go and kind of see Rugby. You know, under under lantern light, or in a different light, if you will. Mm-hmm.
0: And and it's it's crazy because when we're talking about it, as you have saying, there's people that are still living there that are experiencing yeah. hauntings as we speak. Is you know, so I think we're going to have to do a part two and shift it over love to the yes. end and do that. Um, uh, what was it, uh, Maria? She is saying we are living in the wrong place. now. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny you said that because I said that also. But then when they said about the, the village part, I was like, okay, maybe that's not my sort of thing. Sarah, yeah, <laughs> me. What was that? I said, if I can get the whole team over and stay there, I'll watch from a car or <laughs> somewhere where I can feel a bit more comfortable. But but no, it's it's absolutely amazing what you guys are doing, not just for the paranormal field, um, but everything you're doing for your community as well. You know, I think you know it's it's so good that unfortunately the paranormal field is built where people think about themselves it's all about what they want and what they want to achieve but you guys are coming in in such a different way um preserving the history of these locations is great uh a haunted village crazy but great you know <laughs> love it love it and then you've got the possible the the bank building to mm-hmm. come along yes. soon yeah do, do you know when have you got a time frame on when that's going to be opening for you guys
1: in the next couple of weeks, we're actually driving down to Georgia yeah. tomorrow to pick up some display cases. So uh, we're hoping by the first week of March, uh, we'll be transitioning over. Um, we're just waiting. The, the, the technical aspect, like moving yeah. our phone and our communication system over there, um, that's going to be the take the longest time. But otherwise, the gift shop will move over and um, we'll, all of our ticketing stuff will be over there. So we're looking at about the first weekend of March. Or at least mid-March, at yeah. least.
2: Yeah, because there's, I mean, logistically, there's some things we've got to work into. So, yeah. Oh, probably mid-March
0: so so a lot more so we're, we're definitely gonna have to have you guys back on we'd love see it the rugby talk and you know get more of the history because I think people they they love the paranormal but they love the history as well and I think mm-hmm. if we can do more based around the history it's yes. great um but just before I do let you go um based by Claire explanation Soul Sisters Paranormal I just want you guys to give a quick shout out to your paranormal stuff as well so Any of you guys go first, if you want to just let everyone know what's coming up for each of you with your paranormal side, that'd be great.
1: Sure. So um, I'm with Soul Sisters Paranormal. So our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We do have some investigations lined up for this year, but um, mainly I've switched my focus just a little bit to more um, research-based studies. So I'm actually conducting a national study right now on um, historic preservation through after dark tourism. So I'm really focusing on um, those tourism, unique tourism aspects uh, that happen after dark that that can help preserve historic locations. So I'll be speaking across the country um, on that this year. So I'm very excited about moving into a more um, uh, research-based
2: mindset with that right now. Yeah, and so uh, so I'm I'm the Ghost Biker, and you can watch uh, all of my past six seasons. We just did the sixth season back in October, and so you can watch all of those past seasons or my weekly live stream, which is every Thursday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can uh, see all of that on the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page, Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel, and www.ghostbikerexplorations.com.
1: And then the website for the jail is historic Scott Co. Also, our Facebook page is Historic Scott County Jail. Um, we also have um, a jailhouse, and we call it the Jailhouse Informant Podcast. That's every Thursday night um, at 7 Eastern Time. It's live.
2: Yeah, brilliant.
0: Really. And just to let you all know, um, I've actually got all the links for the jail, the, um, Soul Sisters, and Ghost Biker. in the description so please do go and head over uh, and follow um some great podcast information and updates with the gel. so definitely go and give them a follow and you know carry on watching what they're doing but for now i just want to say thank you for the both of you to taking time out of your day to talk um it's been great because there's been some activity behind you guys throughout the evening um so i'm going to go back in a minute and watch that and try and get some clips but i look forward to speaking to you in the future with definitely going to touch base about doing the podcast about the rugby uh, village uh, that'd be great but um, We'd love i just want to thank you thank you both for for being part of tonight and i've really enjoyed catching up with both of you it's been great
1: thank you nando we yes. really appreciate it thank, thank you, thank you for everybody for watching as well yes thank take you care.
0: i'll spe- speak to you soon All right. bye bye take care bye um great, great chat you know getting the history um not just about the paranormal, but but talking about the history, preserving the history of these locations is just as important. Um, and it's always great speaking to Chris and Miranda. Um, so we would definitely do a follow-up and we'll do a talk about rugby, the village that they also help um, do the afternoon tours. So we'll get some more history there. Um, I just wanna thank you all as always for joining, uh, taking part with your questions and always supporting us. Um, We are out on location on Friday. Uh, We will be in Portsmouth uh, investigating Murchison Hall. Um, So we will do a few lives from uh, Murchison Hall this weekend. So if you want to catch us, keep an eye out on the page and hopefully we'll see you guys in the chat and in person if you come to one of our events. But for now, I just want to thank you all as always for being part of this journey. Um, It's always great fun to speak to people like Miranda, Chris, and everyone else we talk to, and also get to speak to you guys in the comments. So for now, take care and I'll see you all soon. Bye.